understand what is going on in the country in general with in relation to these uh, protests we've seen around the country. Very good afternoon to you, Mr. Masogan. Thank you very much for speaking to us. Just looking at some of the data that was released last year showing that service delivery protests were lower than in any year since 2011, but the violence which marred them was on the rise. Yet, you know, from where one sits, it it would appear as if... uh, service delivery protests are on the rise. Is it a matter of perception or fact? Am I audible now? Yes, we can hear you, Mr. Masoka. Can you hear me? No, absolutely. All right. Can you repeat the last part of your question? Okay, so the question I'm asking is that according to data, it would seem that service delivery protests last year uh, were lower than any other year in 2011, but it was reported that the violence which marred them was on the rise. But I was saying, uh, you know, from where one sits, it would seem that one is seeing more and more service delivery protests. Is that a matter of perception, how it appears, or uh, have the facts changed? Yeah, you know, to a large extent, uh, we might think that we are dealing with a bureaucratic you know, problem here. And that is not the case. Because if you realize, you know, the protests that we are witnessing in Vuani, in some other townships in northwestern Houding, are not necessarily an isolated bureaucratic incident. They symbolize a larger part of something that we are not seeing, but hidden under the carpet. The problem is one, it's a person. We are now experiencing a situation whereby political degeneration across the country is now breeding societal belligerence, societal lawlessness. We see a failure of political leadership at ground level, branch level, regional level, provincial and national level. To a certain extent, it is spilling over to cause catastrophic, you know, changes within our society because you ask yourself why are some communities protesting peacefully while others are protesting in a very belligerent and lawless manner so we are dealing with a a psychosociological problem here it's not necessarily a matter of you know people who could be influenced by some political factors or what it's a very serious problem that we are facing as south africa Hmm. Is it indicative of, as you say, some communities seem to protest peacefully, others not? And the difference, that distinction, is it as a result of some feeling that they're not being listened to by those in positions of power? You know, in most instances, so you know, a demonstration of political failure will usually or necessarily result in society failure. Because remember, politicians in governments are the ones who determine a collective, you know, path of direction for society. Because you ask yourself, why should a particular village or a township demonstrate violently for electricity so that it can be brought into their houses? Why can these political authorities, I'm referring to municipal leaders, the mayors, communicate in advance to that society that this is our municipal plan, in six months, we are coming to a village for electrification. In another six months, we'll be going to another township. That, it's a problem. Leaders are failing to communicate with the masses. I'm not condoning lawlessness or anarchy. But in, more, in most instances, you'll find that 
the mayor has been having plans about that area, but such plans have never been communicated to those residents. That's why you see pervasive anarchy reigning supreme on our streets. The large part of responsibility should be shouldered on the shoulders of our political leaders. Just in terms of how we interpret what is going on around the country, because some of them, although there may be similarities, it would also be dangerous to conflate some of the protests that we see around the country. But it is important to understand, A, the efficacy of the manner in which people are expressing themselves, therefore uh, exercising their constitutionalism, but also... Uh, are we seeing it as the one tool that will get us answers? Yeah, you know, to a large extent, that might be the case, especially in light of this uh, persisting problem that we are witnessing. But, you know, uh, uh, so I think one thing that we must confine our attention on as a nation is this question. Why are our leaders, in particular politicians, very, being very good at making promises, but dismally poor in implementing those promises? Because that is the crux that defines this lawlessness, anarchy, and belligerence that we are witnessing in most of our protests. Because prior to elections, you know, they will navigate, you know, through, you know, the mountainous areas, the villages, on all those far-flung areas, Wing for votes, promising them all and this. But when it comes to practicalizing those pledges and promises, that's where they are failing. And I think to a large extent we are not seeing that. The real cause of this anarchy and violence is, you know, the growing gap between promises and delivery. I'm not disputing government service delivery check record. It has been impressive in the last 23 years. But to a large extent, they like promising things that they are not able practically so to implement them. And that is that lies at the heart of so many violent protests that we are witnessing. Because you ask yourself, why other communities are demonstrating peacefully or they might start demonstrating peacefully and at a later stage that demonstration can violence? You ask yourself, maybe clinical psychologists, you know, social workers might offer a, a prudent academic answer to that. Mm. But we're also seeing what some would say the use of violent methods because people believe um, that they are being oppressed from expressing their views. But we've also seen, uh, you know, the opposite being true in the sense that there've been allegations of we speaking in El Dorado and other places. If we speak of Andristatan, if we speak of Maragana, where live ammunition is being used to respond to uh, these violent entities, uh, it, it, it is the gap growing wider between the government and its citizenry or are the measures getting more desperate in dealing with the problems? You know, there's a growing communication gap and unfortunately, it breeds this violence and anarchy that we are witnessing. Because you ask yourself, before a politician becomes a councillor, a mayor, a premier, or a president, he will be visiting constantly those areas in the country, making all these promises. You ask yourself, after occupying public office, why can't that politician or premier or president or councillor go back to communities and say, 
this is our program of action. In six months, this is going to happen. In 12 months, in two years, this is going to happen. And I think if they can really do that, we'll be able to reduce sharply the number of violent protests that we are having. Because the problem is one, communities feel betrayed. Because the person before being elected will come to a community and promise this and that. But after your election, you don't come back to them. That is exactly what is breaking lawlessness. We must stop blaming this community members. I, I don't condone lawlessness, but our leaders are walking away from their promises the moment they occupy public office. Thank you so much for your time and insights. Political analyst Elvis Masoha. What are your thoughts? We're also uh, talking about the situation in Kalini in the northwest where residents have uh, resort- resorted to burning houses, barricading roads, and uh, uh, there's been scenes of shooting as well in protests against the granting of bail against uh, the granting of bail for two men accused of murdering a 16-year-old schoolboy. We're asking this question, do you believe as a nation we resort too quickly to violence to resolve our issues? You've heard what the political analyst had to say. What are your views? 891 Rob Byrne now with the latest traffic update.